In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was scanning for our newest parishioner, but I think he'll come to church next Sunday. Our numbers are growing, especially at this Mass, uh, birth by birth and baptism by baptism. So um, these are happy days. At the end of the Gospel, there are two lines that seem to be added to what is otherwise a pretty focused um, gospel passage on casting out demons and remaining free from demons. At the end, a certain woman in the crowd lifted up her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. And he said, Yes, but rather blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. I don't think that when the gospel was added to the third Sunday of Lent centuries ago, they decided just to add another paragraph or just to add an additional thought. And to be honest, the reason for my conviction is in reflecting not just on, on these Sunday readings and on the prayers, but, it, but looking at all of the Sunday readings that the, that the Roman Rite has for the third Sunday of Lent. <clears throat> so if you will, consider how during the first two weeks of Lent, the Sunday Gospels are exactly the same across the board in the ordinary form and the extraordinary form. And as you know, the ordinary form has three, uh, three sets of Gospels for three sets of Sunday readings, right? They're called year A, year B, and year C. First Sunday of Lent, across the board, it's always the gospel of our Lord's temptation in the desert. Second week of Lent, second Sunday of Lent, across the board, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the transfiguration. This third Sunday of Lent, seems to be, at first glance, chaos. Year A isn't even reading Matthew's gospel as it usually does, it's John's gospel. Year B isn't reading St. Mark's gospel as it usually does, but John's gospel. In the former, it's the conversation between our Lord and the Samaritan woman. In the latter, it's our Lord cleansing the temple which is always a happy meditation. Year C is our Lord in the parable of the cursed fig tree, which is barren because it's not not responding. It's given another year, right? A year of reprieve. That's different from our Lord actually cursing the fig tree that the next day shows up dead. This is our Lord preceding that with the parable about a hypothetical fig tree sands figs that's then given another year to bear fruit. And then our glorious gospel, our Lord casting out the devils and responding to the questions about by whose power he does.
The third Sunday of Lent seems to me very clearly to be focused on our Lord confronting evil on a personal level in a way that requires our cooperation. And as much as it would have been easy to simply focus on our Lord casting out demons and and showing his power and obviously manifesting his divinity, which is obviously happening, the stress lays on our cooperation with that work. Because the gospel continues about the house that's been cleaned. Devils have been cast out. And when the strong man keeps armed guard, everything's still in peace. But if the house is simply permitted to remain clean, but isn't guarded by the strong man, then the devil that was cast out finds seven worse ones, and then things are worse than they were before. Our Lord's power is not in question. It's it's our cooperation with his work, our cooperation with his action that's the variable. And then so much, so much then is expressed in those last few words. Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Yes, you are blessed that God has done a great thing for you. You will remain blessed if you act on the word of God, if you put into good use what God has begun in you. If you continue to remain open to God's grace, if you make sure that the strong man still guards your front door, it's obvious in the, in the other Gospels. Our Lord talks to the Samaritan woman, befriends her, gives her the opportunity to reveal her sins. She has to cooperate. In cleansing the temple, it's, it's obvious, as much as it seems like our Lord simply takes matters into his own hands, he flips tables, right? He doesn't throw people around. He gives them uh, enough motivation for them to run out on their own power. So sometimes our Lord coaxing us or prompting us is violent, but still it's our action that has to happen. And that blessed little parabolic fig tree with no figs is given another year. It's given extra help. And hopefully it'll bear fruit. This reality is all over the propers of the day. My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the snare. Look thou upon me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and poor. To thee, O Lord, have I lifted up my soul. The introit is just as much about our Lord plucking us out of danger as it is our continually looking up at him, our continually lifting ourselves up to him. It's not one or the other. It's both. And the collect, we beseech the Almighty God, 
Regard the desires of thy humble servants and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense. We continually seek his protection. We seek his presence. We depend on his power. We don't ask him to come once to clean us, to come once to free us. We beg him to remain with us and we continually beg him for his enduring presence. Many ways this touches on our daily lives. We don't simply receive sacraments and then coast or drift. We have to live purposefully. We have to live deliberately. Those who are catechized know full well that grace is what everything requires. Grace accomplishes everything. It is possible not to exaggerate the work of grace, but to underestimate the necessity of our responding to grace. Our Lord doesn't say, and and the New Testament doesn't say, blessed are those who hear the word of God and really believe it and savor it with all their heart. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Act on it. We also recognize that our our Lord is assisting us not just through his sending us his word and not just by acting in time as he did when his incarnation was visible and he walked this land, but he continues through the sacraments to do what he did through the church. He sends us each other. He gives us the church. And so it's it's tempting to, to expect people to just simply have their act together instead of remembering that Everyone is fighting this battle. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs help. We all require assistance. On this 
day before the Annunciation, we can reflect on how Our, Our Lady's purity, Our Lady's holiness, her being full of grace, rather than just simply being a singular event that prepared her for the Annunciation, was God's continual work and her continual response. We ask you to teach us what it, what it means to be blessed, what it means to receive a blessing, what it means to remain blessed. We know that there are still many demons to be cast out. And they return. And our Lord's words ring true. Where someone was, was helped or healed and now they're worse off than they were before. We pray that in every household, in every church, in every association, in every government, in every church office, Our Lady may be honored and Our Lord obeyed and the devil vanquished. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.